I wish you guys nothing but best. The ceiling is the roof. Let's make it happen. Let's keep moving forward. probably sound like we played last night, if that makes sense. I'm all stuffed up, I got a different ailment every day, not getting back on transition defense, Brickin' threes. Even whenever you're not sick, you don't play a lick of transition defense. No, because, I mean, is that going to make SportsCenter top ten? No. I'm a performer, baby. Yeah. They're, they're not paying you $20 million to play no. defense. Uh, yeah, go ask go ask my owner how much they're paying me to get back on defense. He's going to say none. Do you make $20 million? Roughly. Wow. God. A lifetime. In a lifetime, maybe. Your game check is like my year check. Yeah. In a lifetime. That's a good lifetime if you make 20 mil. How many years? Yeah. that's. So I let's say you're working for 40 years. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. That's, that's easy math. Twenty is million it? divided by forty. That's twenty one two three five hundred thousand dollars a year. 40? Yeah, five hundred grand a year for forty years. <laughs> Throw some straws on the ground. I'll count them real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Rain man. But you know what you need to do actually is uh, if you start investing, like you know the the economics newspapers or whatever that write articles for millionaires. Sure. Um, they'll say like, I read yeah, all of them. if you're 23 years old and you save $30,000 a year every year, then you'll have a million dollars by the time How? you're 30. And it's like, yeah, that's possible. I'm more likely to go $30,000 in debt yeah, every year. I'll just sock away 30 grand yeah. a year starting at 23. Yeah. What hedge fund silver spoon baby exactly. are you? Well, that's, that's why that's there. I wasn't making $30,000 a year at age 23. Yeah. You know what the average, uh, the average salary of somebody, I believe that it was like 22 to 35 is basically whatever the millennial, like the millennial age group is. Uh-huh. Uh, the average salary of that group was $34,000 in, in 1977. And guess what the average salary, the median, not the average, sorry, like 38, guess what the median salary was for that group in 2016. Barely more. $34,000. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I mean, depending on how much time you got, I can talk about economic issues that are facing the millennial millennial generation all day. Yeah, well... Because uh, prices for things keep going up. Yeah. Salaries don't. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, the median... Weird why we act the way we do. The median has stayed the same. So, uh, that that's just a really long roundabout way of saying, I understand why you don't play transi- transition defense. Yeah. Because you have all of these other things to worry about. I do. I got a lot going on. And in, you know, transition usually happens quickly. Mm-hmm. So whenever the, the, the burden of life is just kind of weighing you down, how are you supposed to get back? How long are you going to keep this analogy going? That's my real question. Well, right I was going to ask you, what do you think the ceiling is the roof means? But then you, stu- <laughs> but then you started talking about your own sickness. <laughs> you can't turn that on me. <laughs> I was going to ask. I said, I've, Mike, I and then you go, I'm sick. Ugh. We've talked about this. That's not a good impression of me, by the way. I'm sick. <laughs> I said, like we yeah. played last night. Just put uh, a, put a little bit of age on you, about 20 pounds of muscle. Crank your handsome up to eight. A few years of then, guilt. Yeah, a few years of <laughs> just ragged guilt and depression. And then then you'd sound like this, okay? It's what everybody wants. <laughs> it's what the people want. 
No, I think we've talked about that. we've talked about what the meaning is, and I think uh, my exact uh, the end of the formula, whatever you call that, um, was Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what the ceiling is. The roof means to me is that damn Hennessy's good. If their marketing department was worth anything, Woo! that would be their new slogan. Woo! You got MJ on the sidelines slapping kids in the back of the head. <laughs> Malik Monk <laughs> trying to run on the court. That was hilarious, by the way. Yeah, so if you're asking me what the ceiling is the roof, what the, the, the phrase, the ceiling is the roof, means is, number one, it's a crap hot podcast. Yeah. You know? And then number two. Um, well, yeah, let me just say, ceiling, the ceiling is the roof is at least a top five Mavs podcast. Easily. Top six at worst. Easily. Easily on the on the on the podium, yeah, uh, the top five podium, yeah. Um, now, I how many other podcasts could I tell you? I I know for a fact that six Mavs podcasts exist, so that's why I'm saying for sure it's one of the top six. I can't name it. I can't name any others than this one. I don't even know what the other one I'm on is. <laughs> You're that sick, up. huh? Yeah. I just show up. Yeah, I've had that much uh, Mucinex and, <laughs> and Tylenol. <laughs> yeah, Tylenol. So that's sinus. why your breath smells like that. It's yeah, yeah. You've been chugging Hennessy all yeah, day. Yeah, because you have to take pills with booze. Yeah, exactly. That's what they say. <laughs> yeah, it's a good mix. That's, yeah. what, that's what the doctor says. Yeah, it's a good mix. Only take these with booze. Uh, if you want to see in real life what Mike is like whenever he's on the Henny, or is it off the Henny? Both. I know you're in the bag, but <laughs> is that the same? Uh, well, I, I don't think that has to do with drinking. I think you sure? I, I thought it know. originated with drinking. I don't know. Maybe like it, if maybe you're it in the bag. You're oh, like you have a bottle in a bag. Yeah, like Crown Royal. I think is their gotcha, the okay. origins. And shout out all these brands that were just name checking for no money. Yeah. By the way, uh, Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're gonna drink whiskey, I would drink Jack. Yeah. Personally, while if you're, you're listening drink to beer, Mavs drink podcast. Coors Light. Yeah, or, show up or, or Bud Light. Well, for our event. Well, yeah, yeah, for the for the event. Yeah, so for like the event on the twentieth, you're drinking Coors Light. Yeah, if you want and to only. see, if you want to see sick Mike uh, just chugging beers during yeah. the Mavs game, uh, come out to Christie Sports Bar on yeah, McKinney yeah, yeah. Ave in Dallas, Texas. Hot spot. Thursday, December twentieth. That is next Thursday. So soon. Um, the Mavs are going to be in LA playing the Clippers. I better start working out. Yeah, they're going to uh, they're going to try and snap their TNT losing streak. Oh my gosh. Uh next week. I believe two ESPN games, one TNT game this season. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah. all of them have been losses unfortunately. So hopefully that will be uh the first one that they win. They already beat no the Clippers earlier this year. Yeah, they have Tobias Harris's number, so I'm not worried about that game. But uh game starts at nine thirty, but beginning at eight o'clock, that is at Christie's sports bar in Dallas. Starting at yeah. eight o'clock, Mike and Skin It's me and Jake Jacob and I will be doing a live podcast, kind of a pregame show, uh, uh, hour long, however long they'll let us go. It's actually, gonna be fun. Say that. Yeah, well, we have game duties to perform, so we will we, we will be stopping before. Well, yeah, 9:30. we'll be done at nine thirty. But with the late uh, game again on TNT, oh man, that might yeah. not start till ten. Yeah, so we might be going till nine forty-five. Yeah, I might have to get another route. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna be you a know? long podcast, man. Yeah. But, uh so uh, yeah. See, what I will do is whether or not it is successful in terms of turnout, I will buy enough Coors Light to make it appear successful. Oh yeah. So on that's the books, how I, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, just gonna, the stats. You're just gonna bring just. A, you're gonna bring a bag of money. Water, one hundred dollar bills. You're gonna fill up the. You're gonna empty the bag 
of its contents, uh-huh. and you're going to fill up the bag with all of the beer that you bought. Yes. I'm going to take a couple beers to go. Will <laughs> yeah. they let me do that? <laughs> take some roadies with yeah, you? Yeah, thanks. Stuff it in the pocket? Yeah, they only serve bottles at, at Christie's. But, oh, uh, wow. Yeah, so just I've, open bottles. I've definitely snuck into a venue with a bottle and a coat. Oh, no. That's happened before. <laughs> you're just admitting this? Yeah, what, what? Publicly. What? It's not a big deal. Everyone can relate. Mike knows how to party. If you sneak candy into your purse whenever you go to the movies... Or, you know, if you wear a jacket to the the movies, you can get your little peanut M&Ms out and get your little munchies yeah, on. You, you take trench coat with you everywhere you yeah, go. Yeah, that's why I wear coat. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And a cape. Yeah. So the four of us will be there. It'll be a super podcast. It'll be a, a super pod, meaning all of us are together. And it'll also be a super That'll podcast. That'll be an adjective it'll to be great. describe the podcast. Yeah, it's going to be really great. It's we haven't done one of those. And, I mean, we're all really tight friends uh, now. I mean, I'm tighter to skin than I have been. I mean, we've always been friends. Uh, me and Jake are, you know, uh, we're at each other's weddings and stuff. So we go way back. So it'll be Weird if you want to see. Okay. Yeah, I know. If you uh, if you want to see four nerdy Mavs bros yelling at each other about Mavs opinions, um, and that might be the most Mavs knowledge in one place that you'll ever see. If we could get Followell in there, then it's. Like uh, that's a that's a volcanic. Yeah, and level. we we invited. So basically, this game is going to be on TNT. It's not yeah. going to be broadcast on Fox Sports. Southwest. Swear to God, if Barkley guarantees the Clippers are going to win, I'm leaving Christie's and I'm driving to <laughs> Atlanta. Atlanta, <laughs> we're gonna, and we're going to fist fight. We're going to mess Chuck up, but uh, Barkley with no shoes on. Yeah, but they uh, unfortunately follow will not be able to join us. And then also from the Mavs Podcast us. Network, uh, Lizelle and Katia will be in L.A. They're going to be the ones responsible for making that a win. Yeah. So no pressure on them. And uh, while we're talking about them. I don't know what's wrong with you uh, two. You can't get wins. Yeah. I get wins every time <laughs> I go to a game. Yeah. Listen to uh, the latest episode of Just Between Us Girls. Uh, yeah, yeah. I subbed in for Katia. Now, I know I am not a girl. Normally, that, yeah. that podcast is uh, – Lizelle and Katya, so that's two women talking. Yes. Uh, but to make up for Katya's absence, they brought on Annie Fenberg from the Hawks. She's their social media, I believe, manager. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know her, her exact I, title, I, but she's in charge yeah, of yeah, she the runs, social presence. Yeah, she runs Hawks Social. She also hosts the uh, uh, Winging It podcast. Winging It with, with Bay's God. Bay's God and the great in, Vince Carter. I call him VC. He told me to call him VC. Oh, yeah. You're on a you're on an initial basis? Yeah, I don't know if I get a producer credit for the next episode of Winging It or not. You're just going to get a, a, a check in the mail for $10 million. Residuals? Yeah. You're gonna get I always some, wanted residuals. You're going to get some resids? That's all, that was my main goal growing up is to get some kind of job or be famous enough or play on something or have my image used on something where I get residuals the rest of my life. I thought that was so fascinating Yeah, to get like a $2 check <laughs> every month from like a, a Huggies ad or, you know, whatever you're in. Like, cause my uncle, one of my uncles was on a uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. For, oh dude, that's awesome. He was like the, the extra, like if they needed like henchman number one, really? he kept reappearing as like henchman number <laughs> Chuck one. Chuck Norris like, kept beating his butt. You can't get out. Why don't you move <laughs> away from Texas? How are you out of jail already? You committed the crime two episodes ago. You robbed the bank. How are you back, you know, putting bombs in boats? What is happening here? What is happening with our legal system? What does this say about it? That Uncle Ricky can be in every third episode of yeah. Walker, Texas Ranger. Chuck just Chuck beats down criminals, but he just doesn't bring them to justice. No, he just your your sentence is a good ass whooping. <laughs> That's what <laughs> it's, it is. It's the vigilante whooping. By way. a karate man in a cowboy hat. <laughs> which is the weirdest tie over. I've we need to maybe 
go through all the Walker, Texas Ranger you episodes th- and see if there's, there's a Mavs a, tie-in anywhere. Is there a binge mode version of Walker, Texas <laughs> there Ranger? There needs to be, dude. <laughs> there really needs to be. Like, we're threatening to do a uh, a podcast. Not threatening. That sounds uh, <laughs> nefarious. But we've we've put this idea together to do an entire podcast that is strictly Michael Bay movies. Oh, nice. Rewatches. Nice. Like, I mean, even if, even if things aren't exactly Michael Bay movies, things that feel like they're Michael Bay movies. <laughs> like Armageddon's definitely in there, right? Yeah. Like Heat. Heat isn't actually, I don't think it's technically a Michael Bay movie, but Heat's going to be in there. Um, no Transformers, though. What's the best for your money? What is the best Michael Bay movie? Heat, if he's, if he's attached to Heat. What is, uh, what is his list? Armageddon's really, really good. Yeah, I mean, Armageddon's still, still good on rewatch. Armageddon's pretty good. Bad Boys. Bad Boys 1 that's and 2. And 2. Two's really good. Bad two. Boys Two. Yeah. Um, slow, low, low to the flow. <laughs> That's a great song. The soundtrack a, was fire. You don't have to pay anything to listen to this podcast. Isn't that awesome? It's pretty good. Pearl Harbor was Pearl Harbor. awful. <laughs> was really awful. Oh, he did the new Ninja Turtles. I'm in on that. The uh, island I've never seen. He produced Friday the Thirteenth, but in 2009, uh, not eh. the original. The Rock one. is a, a great movie. Mm. I want to see 13 Hours anyway. He didn't direct that, did he? The Rock? Oh, he did. Wow. That's a crazy. A Quiet Place is a great movie. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the remake one in 2003. I definitely went and saw that in theater. Oh, he's in all these Purge movies. I see where you're going. Well, we're not going to do those. We're going to do the good ones. But yeah, the <laughs> Mystery Men. Is that going to be on the Mavs Podcast Network? or is that? <laughs> no, that might be somewhere else on the oh, internet.com. Okay. Okay. Uh, he did Coyote Ugly, which I guess if I have to watch it, I'll watch it. <laughs> wow. That's fine. Wow. I'll watch whatever these people are dancing yeah. around at a bar. So uh, go ahead and, and come out to uh, Christie's. Yeah, long way of saying you can hear more stories like this if you show up at Christie's next yeah. Thursday. The 20th for Mavs, Lakers. Yeah, no, Clippers. Uh, Clippers. The, the podcast starts at 8 o'clock, so get there before 8. Get there like yeah. 7, 7.30, I don't know. I mean, whenever. You go for happy hour or whatever. Get, It'll sound get, a little a better if you've been there for a while. Yeah, yeah. just get a seat early. And, and the good thing, too, I don't know if – I mean, Mike, I'm sure you have not been to a, a watch party before because you're working the games yeah. you know, through your, for your past jobs. But uh, Mavs watch parties are a lot of fun. There's always drink specials. There's always a lot of giveaways and uh, like kind of like raffle sort of things where people get autographs, people get tickets. Uh, the dancers are there. The maniacs are there. Usually sometimes the mascots go. Uh, this time we'll be there. Yeah. So um, we're, we're trying to make those a, a really fun night. And it is a Thursday night, so it's a weeknight, mm. but it's during the holidays. No one's going to work that Friday, December no. 21st. You've um, already stopped working. Yeah. Like once it hits like December 10th, you're – fully obliged to just like kind of go and crank it on down a little bit yeah i'm absolutely. operating at about a three and then i'm not going to work probably until the second week of january yeah i'm not going to hit a lick absolutely until about second week of january and everybody knows this your boss knows this yeah like your be, boss is going to be at the watch party yeah he'll be there but at a different booth yeah not the, with you the the vip booths yeah that are roped off yeah I've never been to Christie's. I assume <laughs> yeah, there's was, tables i don't, I don't know there's, i couldn't tell you yeah anyway yeah my uncle ricky still gets uh checks Residual checks. Wow. Which is awesome. That's awesome. I know. And I'm like, man, what a life. You know, I was an extra in Spy Kids, too. I've never gotten a single residual check. Weird flex. Yeah. <laughs> not I, one? I think it's all, not one resid, man. Jeez. I got a check for working How is that, that day. That was my your first, Twitter avatar. That was my first ever paycheck. Well, you can't. 
actually see me on screen. That's why it kind of. Ah, uh, right. Here yeah. we go. No, I know. It's very, it's tough. Yeah, and I was in. Uh, no, you weren't. Blank check. No, you weren't. Okay. <laughs> Good no, movie, you, though. Yeah, okay, can you prove me wrong? <laughs> Good movie. I, can you prove a, me wrong? They I wasn't that, on camera. Didn't they film that in Dallas? Yeah, it's Dallas. Yeah. Pretty creepy movie whenever you look back on it. They also filmed uh, 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 Creepers. Robocop? What's it called? Not Creepers. Uh, like uh, Robocop is what you're thinking of. It's a, no, it's like a, a movie where it's a bunch of people they like hack. They Oh, uh, Scanners? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Mr. Robot? No. Blank check, the film. Hell yeah, this thing's great. <laughs> Just do a podcast about get a blank, blank check. check podcast. Yeah, please. Uh, what was the female on that? Let's get Followell on. I feel like blank she's check. had a good career. I don't know. Karen Duffy? Maybe not. Anyway, you yeah. You want to talk about the Mavs? I guess, man. We're all just, we're just talking, the we're avoiding, yeah, we're avoiding the, uh, the buzzkill that was last night in Pahonix at Talking Stick Resort Arena. Um, we asked them to please, please do not kill my vibe, but TJ Warren was not hearing it. No. And uh, so, I don't know, we've said for a while that we're not a very good road team. We just, for some reason, we go into the the phone booth and don't come out Superman whenever we go on the road. And I, I kind of wanted to pinpoint some more of those issues. Not just say we don't play good on the road, but this is like a legit thing now, right? Mm. Like there's enough games um, in our hat, in the uh, the evidence room, that something just isn't working on the road. And I think uh, I've got a couple theories. Number one, it just looks like, well, last night was really weird to begin with. And I hate having to make excuses for, you know, getting your butt beat by a four-win team, but... The reality of this thing is whenever everything's stable, everybody's in place, and the ecosystem is whole, uh, when Dennis is healthy, you know, we'll see what Dirk means, and we'll have a whole discussion on that coming up. But when everybody's here and everybody's fulfilling their role, everybody's in the right role. Everybody's performing their role exceptionally well. So when you add one little tweak, it's like, okay, can they overcome this? And they have with you know, Dennis missing a game, Luca missing a game, Maxi out here, JJ out there, and the JJ out here game, they didn't overcome it. Um, and that's one of the issues. So there are three different things going on last night. Dennis is back. JJ's out. And then, oh, yeah, you got to figure out a way to work Dirk into the second unit. Mm. So all that stuff is there. There's no way around it. It's a fact that those are things they're dealing with still. I don't find that an excuse to let the Suns take it to you. Let the Suns be the hammer and you're the nail. Um, and they just play tight on the road. They oftentimes don't shoot well. It just looks like a completely different basketball team. And I don't know if that's a young team, just age not willing to lock in and I don't know if it's, you know, a coaching issue. I don't know if it's overcoaching. I don't know if it's, you know, trying to take control of the game too much from Rick's angle. Um, but the one thing that's consistent is the transition defense on the road is just – you can take that out to the shed with <laughs> with the musket and be done with it because yeah, yeah. that's got to get fixed. Yeah, I mean, the the so the thread kind of connecting their last three road losses – so that's at Phoenix, at New Orleans, at the Lakers. 
Phoenix and New Orleans were second nights of back-to-backs. The Lakers was not. Um, those three games are all against teams that are kind of young. Yeah. Uh, younger than the Mavs, at least. Um, they have guys that like to leak out, right? Uh-huh. And they have guys that are kind of matchup problems. Yeah. So, the Lakers. It's a t- I mean, obviously, LeBron is a monster in transition. The Pelicans, they could not stop Julius Randle. Big guy, tough on Barnes. Um, Drew Holiday gets his hands on a lot of balls. They just get a lot of deflections. Phoenix was running all over the place. The Mavs had a lot of turnovers in all three of those games. Yeah. A lot of turnovers in all three of those games. And also against Memphis, which was their four road losses ago, they had a lot of turnovers in that game, weren't shooting the ball well. But whenever you are struggling to shoot, and before last night the Mavs ranked, they were tied for 18th in road three-point percentage, which is not bad. I mean, that means you're about average. You can live. Yeah, you're about average. But 18th in road three-point percentage is 33.7%. So even though they rank decent relative to other teams – you're still two-thirds of the time you shoot a three, you're missing. Yeah, that's bad. And when you miss a three, especially corner threes. Yeah. So, so Barnes takes a ton of corner threes, and he's been really good at that shot this year at home. Yeah. On the road, it's been a different story at times. And if you miss a corner three. It's a longer way back. And DeAndre is under the rim. Yeah. And Luca or Finney Smith or someone tries to get an offensive rebound, then all of a sudden you've got three guys that have to cover 90 feet of ground or more to get back on defense. And – on the road, whenever you're playing a team at home that's comfortable, that wants to take it to you, it's almost impossible to stop them. Yeah. So that is one problem where you're, you're just missing threes. And last night, five for 33 was – I mean, that's like historically bad. Yeah. That's not a – they had a lot of open looks. I know that Dwight Powell and Maxie aren't shooting the three great, and they, they only took five threes, though. The rest of the team is still five for 28. That's Barnes – Luca was like one for five. Wes was one for five. Barnes, I think, was like two for nine or something. Um, they just they were getting pretty good shots, didn't make them. And whenever you miss threes and you don't get back in transition, you're going to get beat. The other side is, okay, if, uh, if we don't want to shoot the three, we got to drive the lane. And if we drive the lane and the shot's not there, we got to kick it out. And if no one's really moving – it turns you, into Harrison Barnes' iso ball is what those yeah, possessions turn into. Well, and a lot of their turnovers, too, were – I mean, DeAndre turned it over one time where he gets the ball at the top of the arc. He's yeah. turning – he looks he to a couple Barnes really bad passes last night. He did, night. he did. But there was one play in particular, this is the second half, where he catches the ball. At this point, the Mavs are on a little bit of a run. He turns to Barnes and uh, Luca on the weak side, and neither of them are moving. Wes is trying to get open, but he can't, and then Dennis is under the basket. Yeah. Well, what is he supposed to do? Yeah. You know, and um, – a few of Dennis, Dennis had five turnovers, and he drove the lane a few times, and many of them were just jump passes where he drives the lane, is around five people, turns around to make a pass, just can't find anybody, so he just kind of helplessly throws it. Yeah. And it was his first night back, and Dennis had missed, I think, a week or two, so you know, there's a little bit of rust there and all that stuff, but it's, a lot of it is just there's just not a lot of juice, not a lot of uh, energy off the ball, and uh, whenever that's the case, you're either going to – take a three or you're going to turn it over yeah the Mavs had last night 28 missed threes 22 turnovers or 23 turnovers I mean whenever you have 50 possessions where you're either missing a three or turning it over you're going to lose I yeah. mean that's just how it is and they were close to getting back in it like if they would have hit one of those threes when they were down what was it six or something I feel like that shakes the whole thing yeah that slaps you upside the head and goes hey 
two more good possessions and we win this game. Yeah. And then whatever the backbreaker was, I don't know if it was Ariza three to put him up. Um, Josh Jackson hit a three. Yeah. So here, here's a stat. Josh Jackson this year is six oh, of no. ten. Six of ten on threes against the Mavs. So that's 60%. Yeah. 60%, which is amazing. Yeah. Now, the rest of his games, he's below 24% oh, on threes. no. But against the Mavs, six for ten. Yeah. That's a problem. And uh, – it it feels like they're the way they get to playing their best basketball and the habits you kind of form going into a game is look for Dennis and Luca to drum up the energy. If we're gonna get some juice going, it's it's Dennis or Luca, and and Barnes can do it too, but Barnes does it in a way that doesn't get anybody else involved. And that's not a knock on him. That's his game. That's what they're asking him to do. He's the end point. Yes. He's he's step five of the five-step formula that, you know, finishes in an isolation when you have an advantage on the defender of Harrison Barnes driving at the basket. That's fine. But their flaws become so glaring on the road for some reason. And I think it's because Luka might not need to play back-to-backs. Like, it sounds weird for a 19-year-old. I just don't know if he has, like – the physical stamina and the burst on the second night of a back-to-back. He looks weird. Yeah, I don't know about the if the hip is still bothering him or whatever. Yeah. Maybe he's just a little tired because yeah. he's playing a lot of games really quickly. Right, and I meant to look up the Real Madrid schedule and see. It feels like they have like a soccer or high school schedule where they played like Tuesday, Saturday every week. Yeah, well, they'll play like – so Real Madrid has a really busy schedule because they're in the ACB, but then they're also in EuroLeague. Yeah. So, and, and there's a Spanish like domestic – cup tournament where basically all the pro teams in Spanish play each other. So if you're the more competitions you're involved in, you're going to have busier weeks. But yeah. generally it's like, yeah, Wednesday, Saturday. Yeah, Tuesday, I don't feel Sunday. like they ever had back-to-backs. Yeah, no, I feel they, like they, this they is his first time fighting through back-to-backs yeah. with travel involved. Well, the uh, the EuroLeague Final Four, I think, is back to, is a back-to-back. But that's just two games, and you have some time off before those games. But yeah. Yeah. It's so I think this is his first time dealing with that. And whenever he's so crucial to your energy, your shot creation, your distribution, um, I feel like you got to – somehow you have to change the narrative heading into a road game. You can't – whether it's sitting Luka, whether it's playing him far fewer minutes, whether it's letting J.J. take over, which wasn't an option last night. That's the problem with last night is the – the solutions that you might have, the ideas you might have, they go right out the window because JJ's not there. Yeah, I mean, if 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 your takeaway, like the number one takeaway for me from last night's game and the game against Memphis, those are the only two games JJ's missed this year, is that if you don't think he's freaking incredible, yeah. then you're wrong. Yeah. No, I mean, he's you, missed two games. They lost both by ten points, and that's their two lowest scoring games of the year. Yeah. The second unit doesn't work. I mean, I, I love Jalen Brunson. I love what he does with the starters whenever he gets a chance to run in there, and he makes. The simple, correct play, 80% of the time. Him running around out there with Dirk, that looked like me playing with somebody I'd never met in my entire life. Like, it was yeah. just... Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I, a lot of times Dirk was staying in the same spot as yeah. other guys. I mean, they're just kind of yeah. need a little... There was no practice. There was no shoot-around. There was no, like, nothing to kind of get them yeah. acquainted. Yeah, it was it was a little weird. Uh, and him just starting on the road... Uh, you know, it's a 10 p.m. game, and uh, at least Dallas time. So I don't know if he's 
Has he played a minute of basketball in the last nine months after like five p.m.? <laughs> like honestly, <laughs> honestly, that's teams like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, he went to uh, he did a two a day a few days ago where he shot in the morning and then he came back and shot at night. Yeah, but I mean, practicing at the time that you're going to play the actual game is an important thing. Yeah, um, and when it's that late, it was like ten ten by the time mm-hmm. that game actually started going and it was what 10 25 before he got in the game yeah so just think about it that way and then um when Bray is not there it's a completely different second unit there's no juice to it Brunson's fine in creating his own shot he'll put the ball where it needs to be but whenever he, everything gets tight he kind of makes it tighter well, he's a rookie yes exactly exactly there's he, he makes rookie decisions a lot of the time mm. and he turns into like mini barnes which is I'm getting to the rack no matter what, and this shot is getting off, and he's not getting calls. And, you know, he's not the most athletic guy. So uh, it's fun whenever it catches somebody off, you know, off guard, whenever they're like, oh, what is this rookie, you know, this uh, 23-year-old rookie going to do to me right now? Like, what? I'm not scared of you. And then he, you know, gets you on the first step, puts his body into you, and he gets a shot off, and it's like, oh, okay, he's got that in his bag. But it's – there's there's a lot of issues – well, obviously, this isn't a, you know, a complete team. It's I feel like, uh, it's it's you know a couple machinations away from being the roster that they have in mind. And when you're missing JJ, when you're working back in Dennis, because they got they kind of got in a groove without Dennis. Like there's no way around yeah, it. When they were in a groove with Dennis, yeah, and they were they were in a groove so with kinda, Dennis. You're doing a bunch of different. I mean, Luca was basically your point guard for yeah. Dennis has played one – last night was his first game since December 4th. Since the Clippers game? Uh, since the Portland game. Okay, yeah, Portland And game. then he played four games and then missed another one and basically hardly played at all against Brooklyn. So, I mean, Dennis has played, like, since Thanksgiving, Dennis yeah. has played four games before last night. Right. And that's like – that's four games in almost a month, you know. Right. And they were – and initially they were plugging in Luke at starting point guard and rolling Dorian Finney-Smith in the, in the yeah. lineup and – now they're rolling Brunson in the lineup whenever Dennis miss, misses time, and that just creates an entirely different dynamic. Mm. Um, you're having someone replicate that role instead of some supplementing his production across the five. And so whenever he gets plugged in there, uh, I thought he was fine last night. I know the box score wasn't great, but, you he know. He was playing some pretty good de- – I mean, he was so much defense, better than DeAnthony Melton. His defense is really good. He was so much better than Melton, but then – Phoenix brought on Jamal Crawford, and surprise, surprise, Jamal Crawford yeah. made Dennis look silly a couple times because he's been doing that forever. He's basically JJ. Yeah. You know, he just Jamal Crawford will make you lose your hair. For sure. But I think, I don't know, if you want to bring up any more weird road issues you see, that's fine. I'm, I want to start talking about, like, solutions. Yeah. Uh, okay, so final road issues. I guess just kind of, like, closing thoughts. Well, not closing thoughts because we're going to talk about some solutions, but um, – you were talking about, I don't know if you called it, like, doing too much or overcoaching or something. Yeah. It's one of those tricky things because, like, Rick's mantra is all about, like, pace and flow. Uh-huh. Like, you want to start with defense and then flow into offense looking for mismatches and stuff whenever teams are you're, – you're pushing the ball at them off a of miss. You force them into a compromising position and you attack them. So, if, you're, if you've allowed a basket, Rick is usually going to call a play. So, you're getting up the court a little slower – and if you turn the ball over, they get a dunk. That's a momentum play. And Rick is big on momentum, so then he's going to call another play. So it's kind of like these – it's this self-repeating cycle or this this, yeah. this monster that's eating 
the the head of the snake is eating its own tail or the whatever. Blood oil. Yeah, if you're the more baskets you give up, the less you can be yourself on offense. Yeah. And whenever the Mavs have gone on these big runs at home, like the the Luca game against Houston, it's all off a stop. You get a stop and then you run down the other. The, you you get down the floor and then you do something. And if you're giving up a basket, if you're giving up run out dunks, I mean, run, giving out a run up dunk once is deflating. If you do it six times in one quarter, then you're dead. Yeah. You know, and so a lot of it is just like the Mavericks have to create their own energy. But with the way that they have designed their team, this is just like a fundamental element of who they are. The way that they have chosen to create this team is if they're not getting stops, they cannot produce energy. Yeah. And I feel like last night when you're shorthanded, a lot of nights whenever they, you know, it'll fall flat. The offense will just be kind of weird for a couple minutes there. And then you can just throw a mound of bodies at it. Mm. You can throw J.J., Dwight, Maxie. Now you can throw Dirk at it. You can get Brunson in there to get some work. Um, And it usually fixes itself because those guys are that talented and that good, especially especially in home games. Like if they're just flat, J.J. comes in there and done. Yeah, and because J.J. is like a momentum guy. I mean, and and I know you're yelling momentum doesn't exist, but, like, it kind of does because it's easier to defend off make. So, like, think of it mathematically. Okay, it's not momentum. It's just you're scoring more often. Whenever J.J. comes in, it's nothing but dunks. Yeah. Like, it's literally a layup line whenever J.J. is on the floor. So, you're scoring every time, and you're pissing off the other team's coach, you know? And, yeah, you don't have to think about it as momentum. You can think about it as speed, velocity, and times – you know, emotional impression that you're leaving mm. on the other end of the court. And, you know, Brunson just doesn't have the, the same savvy that J.J. does. And yeah. I feel like I'm talking about uh, – J- Jalen was fine last night. Yeah, Jalen was fine. But, like, Derek Favors is not body-checking Jalen into the bench. Right. You know, yeah. and, and J.J. just has a way of just making you mad. Yeah, Jalen's not going straight at Rudy Gobert and giving him an up and under with the left no, hand. And, and you, don't, you don't think that dents Gobert's ego a little bit? Yeah. I mean, like, all of these things that J.J. does are just so, like – he just finds little cracks in your scheme, yep. and he's going to pick at it. He's going to pick at it until you're not sure that the thing actually works, and then you start second-guessing it, and you're like, you know, I, tried it. I played it right last time, and he still got me. He still got me in that weird angle fadeaway out of bounds. So I'm going to try a little bit different, and then he fakes you, and he's under the basket, and Dwight Powell's dunking right in your face. Yeah, and then you get benched. Yes. And then that makes you mad, right. and then you're playing on your heels the rest of the yes. game. Yes. J.J. Bray is the most emotional effective player absolutely in bass at least on our team that i've seen in a long time yeah for sure and he didn't get there until he was yeah i don't know until really until the title years when he kind of like became actualized right so you know it took him a few years and i think jalen does have a lot of those same traits as jj because he's just able to kind of like pick and prod and sort of slither Uh his way into into creases um but it'll probably take him a little while and he may never get there because there's really nobody else that's like jj so jalen will probably never be quite like JJ I think he can be as good if not almost as good um he's he's shown enough where I I like the potential and I mean granted when he's with the starters it's probably the fifth best defender that's worrying about him mm-hmm. uh for a lot of the time but it's still not every team has a guy like that yeah has a come in make the simple play be I mean he's like he's Fred Van Fleet yeah that's exactly what he is man he comes in he makes the smart play Knocks down shots when he gets the opportunity, gets people involved when it's allowed, and that guy just got – you see what kind of contract he got. You see what his worth is mm. um, across the league. So, yeah, absolutely. Right. So get well soon, J.J. Also, they're 0-2 without him this year. Yeah. And um, 
if they just make 25% of their threes and they win. Yeah. But, so that's my, so that's that's my first solution. You talked about solutions. Yeah. Like, just make some shots. There was, there was a moment in there where I was like, okay, I know the, the, the data. I know what I've seen the first, I don't know, 36 minutes of this game. Um, I know how bad they've played, uh, but we're in this game. And this is where a good team takes the lead. And the Suns will go away after that. Yep. If they look up there and they're down two to the Dallas Mavericks at home, and they're looking around, it's Rashawn Holmes and, you know, <laughs> fill in your blank, whatever the, that one dude was, uh, uh, Troy Daniels running yep. in there. And, you know, you just start cutting doubt into what they've done for the last 35 minutes of, man, we just played awesome and we're losing. Like, that's that was the moment. There was there are possessions, there are pinpoints in games in which you can go, okay, if you're winning this game, it's right now. Yep. You kick this team straight in their head, you make this three or you get to the line, and they do that a lot of the time. Like that's the one thing that you can watch the Mavs and you can say, Oh, I don't think they're as talented as like the top ten teams in the West and all this. One thing they do that's really savvy that other teams could steal from them, um, but you it takes having a roster full of veteran guys is when they're down and things aren't working and, uh, you know, banged a couple threes off the rim and, you know, got a weird lineup going in there and we're about to get sake, uh, hockey substitutioned out. Um, not not going to drink sake. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe that could be a, a solution. Yeah, maybe. Like, try it before the next game. See if maybe. But they'll get to the line whenever things are stagnant, whenever things aren't working. They're going to get you in the bonus. They're going to force their way to the line. And those points count. Yeah, we haven't been that great of a free throw shooting team. And, you know, if we make them last night, maybe the, the outcome's a little different. It's definitely a little different. Uh, 22 of 33 last night, 67% yeah. from the free throw line. They are free. Yeah. They are free throws. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to make all of them, right? You're no. Never, you're not going to go 33 Give me 75%. Yeah. If, I mean, they shot 76% over their last 11 games. And if you make 76% of uh 33 then that's 25 so that's i mean that's only an extra three points but well i mean points if, you, matter, if you do it at the right you know? time then you're in the game yeah points like matter. they're they're top seven guys none of them shot above 67 percent top seven in minutes last night none of them shot above 67 percent from the free throw line yeah so if you get there it's like a well like think about it so like luca missed like three i mean all of luca's misses were in the first two and a half quarters i mean he missed a he missed a tech free throw he, I think he had an 0-2 trip one time. I mean, it's just like you just got – I mean, I don't know. You, you just have to make him because yeah. all of a sudden it turns from instead of Mikhail Bridges' uh, three going into the half, putting them up 10, maybe it only puts them up five yeah. or six or something. And then, like, it's just kind of like chipping away. Uh -huh. It just it feels less hopeless. Yeah. And who was it that – I don't think it was Dennis last year. It was somebody else I noticed. I was like, when they drive, they're trying to make – they know their only way they're getting points out of this drive is if they get this perfect spin and perfect angle on the ball and make the actual shot because they don't want to get fouled. They're scared to shoot free throws. I can't remember who it was last year. Um, but that gets in people's heads too is uh, I don't want to get fouled. I need to make the shot, et cetera. But uh, I guess if you're comfortable transitioning to some ideas okay, of how to fix – What's happening on the road? Because it's just that's that's our road identity right now. There's no way around it. Like I can't, 
I can't change the narrative. I can't fake it. I can't uh, tell you something that is happening if it isn't. Mm. They're bad on the road. Yeah, They're tight on the road. It's about to get real road heavy. Right, and you have to fix it. Yep. You have to fix it, like, right now. Otherwise, all the good work you've done over the last month, that 12-4 and four run that they had since the game we don't speak of, uh, all that can go right down the drain if you don't fix what's happening to you on the road because these next four are <laughs> – um, after Sunday, it's it gets it gets pretty nasty. Yeah, it so, gets pretty annoying. Yeah. So one of the things that seems very simple, um, I would just literally look at everyone's stats and back to backs. Luca's probably the one that's going to stand out, right? So either limit his minutes or sit him when you can. Um, and on the road, I think it's fine to do the Popovich thing, play games, sit somebody. Because if you lose, then, oh, well, we, you know, we sat Barnes or we sat Finney Smith or whatever, uh, fill in your player. If you win, that's a rallying point. And people will play more loose. People won't. I, like, I can't explain what Luca was doing last night except playing like a tired guy. It was just kind of weird. It was, he would it get was, to the elbow and he'd pick weird. up his dribble. Yeah. And he'd just kind of turn his back to a guy and look around. I'm like, what? I haven't seen that the entire year. He hasn't made that. That's a dumb decision. That's yeah, a there, bad decision. There were other times. So he did that a lot in the first quarter. Yeah. And then I think he kind of, I don't know if it was whenever he came back in in the second quarter or might have even been in the to start the second half. I think he just kind of realized, like, oh, if I just keep going, no one's going to block my shot. And he was able yeah. to get two or three layups out of it. So I think part of it is just – I don't know. I think that just kind of goes back to like energy and just disposition of sort of like I'm going to take the attack to you. And uh, generally, young teams are bad on the road. Now the Mavs aren't really a young team, but Luke is young. Yeah. And Dennis is young. And yeah. whenever those are your two guys, that their shot creators are young. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's so if, what if it you're is. trying to summon the summon the energy and sort of deflate the defense and you know force holes instead of like trying to sneak around the wall like this is blow right through the wall yeah. it's going to start with those two guys so when Dennison and Luca are the two guys that are responsible for creating things I I, that's, I I just don't think the solution is to just bench them flat out right because that or like to give them nights I mean maybe like a night off here or there is not the worst thing ever just they've got to learn though you know what yeah I mean? yeah that's why you kind of have to go through growing pains and that's sort of the you got to leave your dog out of the kennel whenever you leave the house yeah like they've got to learn how to be and sometimes the bad things will happen sometimes you walk home and have a couple surprises waiting there for you but yeah. that's part of the that's part of the 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 program the Mavs have signed up for right whenever you have two top 10 picks in a row and they're both guys that generate offense is that this is going to be a process and it's especially going to be a process on the road, and that's why you surround them with veterans who can hopefully help kind of carry them, usher them along a little yep. bit. And we've seen that manifest itself at home. Like Barnes had uh, 28 points against Brooklyn, I think, in a game that they wouldn't have won without him. Uh, he had 25 against the Magic. Um, I think 25 against the Magic. Was it that game, or am I thinking? Yeah, it was 25. Game? Yeah, yeah Luke had 24. He had 25. Yeah, or no, that was against the Hawks, right? Oh, Hawks, Hawks yeah. yeah. And that was a game where, again, without Barnes, they probably don't win that game. And so, yeah, I mean, he's, know, he's been great yeah, overall, yeah. So the vets honestly. So the vets are helping them, but on the road, it's kind of, unless you just have a guy that can just completely go ballistic and take over a game, and, and Barnes really isn't the I'm going to score 30 on you whether you like it or not kind of guy. Yeah. Um, Unless you have someone like that that can help lighten the load for the for the guys that need help, then 
you know, you're going to have some you're going to have some ugly performances on the road yeah. against teams that you should probably be better than, but the thing about the winning on the road is that it's kind of like you have to do the I'm taking this game over thing. Unless you're just the Warriors and you're 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 just completely unstoppable, it takes like a transcendent performance in order yeah. to beat a road even if even to win a a game against a bad road team. I mean, that's that's the thing. The the bad teams. So we've lost in Atlanta and we've lost in Phoenix twice. I feel like if you go out there and I guess they this is contrary to my opinion, um because they did this in Atlanta. You just go out there and you punch this team straight in the mouth first quarter. And a lot of the times they'll go away. Um, the Hawks were down, what, 26? <laughs> so yeah. they they are the, uh, the outlier to yeah, that theory. Yeah, there was a whole lot of weird stuff in that game too. Yeah. But. And I would, I would just say, okay, you guys, you younger dudes are, you know, I'm going to highlight these three guys. You're not going to play that many second-half minutes. But the first quarter – I'm going to let you play the whole thing. You go out there and you kick this team straight in the damn head. And you get up by 10, they will go away. Because whatever they're doing right now is not working. Trying to play their normal, uh, trying to take their exact normal game plan and take it on the road with them, it just doesn't work. And a lot of it is the issue of, okay, if Dennis isn't going quite like Dennis can, and if Luca's tired and he's making weird decisions and picking the ball up at that elbow and just dead ball, situations that take three seconds off the shot clock but then Barnes is the answer and the problem with Barnes if his shot isn't falling like last night or he's not getting calls whenever he's on his drive or he's not finishing whatever it is whenever he's not effective is it doesn't get anybody else going you know when even when he's knocking down shots it gets other people going because the spacing the closeout people start chasing him Um, but whenever he's not hot and he's popping off of these plays and ending up in the corner, and uh, he gets the ball and he shoots it. No one else is involved in that possession for a lot of them. For 75% of his possessions, they turn into ISO situations, which is good because that's what he's good at. Mm. It's a very unique skill that not that many guys in the league have. Um, so and he's pretty good at it on most nights. But the problem is whenever it's not working, it's bad. And then he's down in the corner, DeAndre's under the basket, you don't get back in transition, and whatever the play is, Whatever the call is that ends in a Barnes corner three, at some point when you start getting nuked in transition, you got to take that card out of their hand. But the weird thing is, though, like that's a shot you want. Yeah. Like if every shot you get is a corner three, you're going to win the championship. Yeah. So it's it, you can't just like you can't stop running plays because guys are missing wide open shots. Well, you, you know, can that's stop for the. Two minute stretch in which their transition That's defense fair. turned That's into fair. trash. But then part of the part of it is like the the flip side is you think a really good player if you give him right the same shot three times in a row he's yeah gonna the make process it. worked like if you're yeah. if you're generating a corner three like. Yeah, step and one that's, through that's four what's so positive. maddening about last game is that, like... Yeah, that's, that Phoenix, was a frustrating game, man. a bunch of wide open... Like, yeah. Finney Smith missed threes, Barnes, Matthews, Luca, Guys that usually, even if they only shoot 30%, they'll at least shoot 30%, not a, 10%. A lot of those threes were good looks that they normally knock down if they're at home. Um, but, you know, maybe 10 of them are like, well, nothing else is working. Yeah, and well, that's, just, where, that's where it hurts. That's the frustrating That's ones. where you need... You need the the veteran sort of like I'm yeah. better than you guy to, yes. to make stuff happen. Yeah, but Luca and Dennis aren't there yet. No, they aren't. And without Brea, 
you know, there's not that guy yeah. right now. I mean, think um, of it. Whenever they whenever they clowned Houston, like Luca was really good, and and that was a, a fantastic Dennis performance. But yeah. the bench is what opened that game up. Yeah, like the Mavs were only up, I think, four or five whenever the second unit subbed in, and then next thing you know, Devin Harris has made like five threes, and they're up twenty. Yeah, and. That was a bench thing because JJ is way better than whoever's Houston's backup point guard. Yep. Yep. And what the cool thing that Dennis has done, and last night was a breaking back in game because he hadn't played in a week, right? Yep. So the cool thing that Dennis has done that I've always, at least the last couple of years, and the way the team's been constructed, I, I'll, I'll watch them and I'll be like, they just don't get easy points. They, just, they don't get accidental buckets. And then this year, I feel like Dennis. And his new, whatever you want to call it, since probably, I don't know, 10 games ago, the role that he's fulfilling now, his last 10 played games, not 10 overall, is so different than what he was last year, than what he was the first 10 games. He just drinks a Red Bull right before the tip. he's in the passing lanes. He's bothering people. I think he's realizing what he can get away with defensively. And he's realizing, okay, if we don't get easy buckets, you know, steal – Runouts, um, you know, just straight line drives. Like he caught a body last night on uh, Mikael Bridges, and then he got a T for yeah, looking that was at so him. Weak. That was so soft, man. That was was this, is this the NFL? Yeah. I mean, come on. That was very weak. But he's—I don't know if this is—it gets all the way down to this level. But he realizes like we got to get some easy buckets. You know, that's the end result. He's got these, you know, four new things that he's doing, which is just haggling ball handlers, picking people up at half court, getting in passing lanes. Straight line drives and shooting better before his wrist got hurt, which is all really cool things. But the end result is get easy buckets. Mm-hmm. Like that's all they need uh, to supplement that offense because we saw last night whenever he's not getting easy buckets, when Barnes isn't hitting, when no one's shooting well. Like let's not pinpoint Barnes there. Let's just say I, I don't know what that was. That was yeah. I mean the team shot. I think Barnes actually was two for nine and he shot better than the rest of the team yeah he was two for nine 22 percent overall they were what 15 percent yeah so, so whenever he was the high yeah he was the hot hand yeah he was the hot hand <laughs> i mean he made the most threes in the team yeah no one else made more than one um so it's just that's it, again where like you just need to have the you need to have the quality yeah and like luca is gonna be really really good and dennis is probably gonna be pretty dang good himself yeah and Barnes is good, but you got to have – I mean, it's the NBA, man. Sometimes you need that A-plus player. Yeah. So, like, the other – Phoenix has – they got off to some pretty bad starts two games in a row. They were down to Sacramento 46-13. to And then the next night they were down to Portland, I think, 34-9. to And uh, I watched that Portland game because uh, – I think the Mavs were about to – the Mavs had just played the Blazers, I think, the night before. They uh-huh. were playing them the night after or something. I don't know. It was, like, recent, so I wanted to watch the Blazers, and then uh, the Suns game was coming up. So I was like, all right, let's scout and see what Phoenix is doing because they're not winning games right now, so let's see what's going on. And um, Portland spanked them. I mean, uh-huh. to put it to put it politely, they're up 30 points in the second quarter because Damian Lillard made, like, his first seven shots. And sometimes you just need – and Jake Lehman went nuts too. But yeah. sometimes you just need to have your best player be best. You, to need, <laughs> you need to remind them why you're you and why they're – Yeah, the and, and when, right whenever now. you put – now this game was in Portland. It wasn't in Phoenix. But whenever you put your opponent kind of in their place, to put it nicely, uh-huh. early on, 
then you have just you totally you you've already won the game six yeah. minutes into the game, and they don't have. I mean, they've gotten off to better starts, and last night I think they were up nine to four. So I mean they've they've hit first, but they haven't like punched first, right? Yeah. They're not going for that first round TKO. So, mm. uh, you yeah. know, the thing the thing I realized I think um, over the last couple of weeks and just this season in general is okay. So so we judge teams, we we formulate these these ideas of what a team can be throughout a season. And for me, I don't know if it's for everybody, but I feel like reading a lot of people and listening to a lot of people. What you're actually judging whenever you judge, can a team be good? Can they, you know, uh, can they threaten the playoffs? The first number one thing that you judge more than anything is, okay, what's their identity? And their identity is their shot creation. And whenever your shot creation is so largely, I don't 70% of it is Luka and Dennis, no one said having a 21-year-old point guard and a 19-year-old best player was going to be easy. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody said that. Yeah. And I know our expectations have gotten, you know, the knob just con- constantly is cranking up to where, like, okay, are we a playoff team right now? Like, and rightfully so. We've played well enough for a month, and that month is extremely important. Um, but if you run the tape back to preseason, you listen to us talk, starting two kids under 21 years old at that time that are that's your identity whether you like it or not shot creation is your identity and your identity is Dennis and Luca no one said it was going to be easy guys of that age that shoot that much that have that much responsibility typically across the league if you're just looking at even superstar players don't have a positive impact on winning basketball so I think I wanted to ask you about the last month, but go, go ahead. Feel like oh, yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, like, it, whenever you have Luca and Dennis competing for the playoffs, it almost feels like cheating. Yes. Like, they're not supposed to make the playoffs. Uh-huh. So if they do, that's great. Yeah. But I think, like, how mad you get about the Phoenix loss and, in retrospect, the first one and the Atlanta one and the Knicks one, like, how – the degree to which you get upset, and I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty sports mad last night. Oh, I was you know? super mad. That was a frustrating game. Yeah, and I, I'm like, I'm a, I'm emotionally invested in the team because I'm yeah. here every day, and right. you know, my livelihood kind of depends on them. So uh, I'm gonna care whenever they win or whenever they lose. But uh, I was very frustrated last night after the game, and then I was just like, all right, you know, like I think the only reason that we're as upset as we are, and if you go on Twitter, I think everybody will say the same thing, is that. If you expect them to be the number five seed or the number six seed, then, yeah, you're going to be furious. Yeah. But if you expect them to be, like, this team is going to be a little Jacqueline Hyde. It's going to be a little up and down because that's just kind of the the way it goes for youngsters. You're still going to be upset, but you're not going to be that mad. Yeah. You're going to say, okay, if over a four-game stretch you play Phoenix, Atlanta, Sacramento, and uh, Orlando, if you win three of those, that's awesome. If you beat Sacramento, that's then that's great. Let just move on. You yeah. know, now beating Sacramento is gonna be tough, but I think just generally, if you expect the Mavs to win fifty games, then you're gonna be really, 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 really upset at the end of the year because yeah. they're, they're not gonna win fifty games probably. Right. So everybody uh, assumes we got on this escalator of okay expectations that I had for next season. I can now apply them to this yeah, year. Yeah, we're going straight to the top. Yeah, we're going light speed into the future. Like right now, and it just it just doesn't work that way. And, and the reason people get you know, the reason I was angry last night is 
because I felt like that game was winnable even even throughout the third quarter into the fourth quarter. I thought, I've seen them win a game like this before. I've seen them, you know, uh, fight back whenever it was down like six or four or something like that. And all you got to do is take a lead on this team. That's all you got to do. You got to put a little bit of doubt into them. Um, you got to convince them they're not as good as they played the last 35 minutes. And that, you know, won't carry over. And they didn't do it. And it was there for the taking. And I have these, you know, these markers that I'm like, okay, if you're a good team, you do this. If you're a good team, you beat Phoenix no matter what. If you're in a good team, I mean, you know, top five-ish, top four in the West. If if you're a good team, you fight back right now and you get back in this game and you take a lead on them. And that's when I get frustrated. Whenever it's there for you despite how bad you've been in a game and you can't help yourself. Mm. You just keep taking bad threes because – I don't know. You're just in a weird rhythm. Like, there's points in basketball games, and I'll say it to you a lot, and I'll say it to, like, uh, Doyle or whoever we're sitting with, and I'll just be like, "What well, this team A just convinced team B that basketball isn't that fun. Yeah. They've they've succeeded in convincing. You suck the life force out of yeah. them. Yeah. You've imposed you, your will. <clears throat> yeah. And at points that happens, and you can feel it. It's like the most obvious feeling in a game is when mm. a team's not having fun. It's when after J.J.'s fifth layup in a row yes. and the coach has called three timeouts in two minutes. Yes. You know you have beaten them. I don't right. care what the score is. The game is over. Yeah. And uh, I, I'll, uh, real quick, but you said you want to talk about the future or sure. like the, the schedule the rest of the way. Well, yeah, I wanted to ask you about the last month. What does it mean to you, Moving I guess? forward, okay. When we so were 12-4. and four, Yeah. Um, and the, that 16-game stretch and the way Luca played, um, I think the overall sense that I got was uh, you needed that. You needed to know you can be a good team for five weeks at a time. And you needed to see Luca do that in different spots. So I wanted to get your feelings on, you know, just that's probably – that might be the high-water mark of the season, um, five or six games over, you know. So – I just wanted to get your feelings about it. Yeah, it's cool watching Luca be really good. Um, so I heard you talk about this with Jake uh-huh. on the four-pointer. Uh, Luca's shooting numbers have kind of taken a downturn here the last, like, 13, 14 games. Yeah. Um, but if if your bad game is 24, 10, and 6 and a win, yeah. then you're really good. If your bad game is scoring 11 in a row to beat Houston, then you're really good. So um, I the think kind of – The expectation for him is just – jumps so high yeah no it's crazy it, it is crazy I mean like if Dennis had one week last season like Luca had has had a month then yeah. we're like holy crap yeah so again this is kind of like you got to control your expectations with Luca but um he I think his his rookie wall experience is more of like frequency of games and less uh, like I, I don't think that he'll be playing like this in March the way that Aiton and Bagley and, and uh, the other guys probably will just because they're like, wow, the season is long. Yeah. I think Luca's rookie wall experience is happening right in front of us where it's like, we have another game tomorrow? Yeah. You know? So that's kind of my, my Luca reasoning right now. Um, the last month has kind of showed me that uh, I guess, I don't know, it's kind of reinforced the whole thing. Like they still need the bench to be really good. Um, the starters have played positive in a few of these games, which is really cool because I, I, I was just hoping for a draw this season. Uh, that's kind of what, what Skin and I talked about is basically like, you know that J.J. is going to be positive, 
So if the bench can just be neutral, or if the starting lineup could just be neutral, then you're going to be pretty good. And uh, on nights when the starters have been at or at least close to plus zero, basically, uh, they have a really good record. Really good record. Last night, starters were not positive. And the bench, I don't believe, ended up positive either. Obviously, they lost. But um, when the starting lineup can just hand off the game gracefully to the second unit, the Mavericks have a very, 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 very good record. Um, and then the last month is kind of just reinforced. Like, this team's identity is defense. If mm-hmm. they're stopping teams, then they're going to win. Yeah. The first ten games or whatever it was, they just couldn't buy a stop for the, to save their life, and they were losing everything. I mean, teams are shooting 50% on threes. Um, but uh, uh, Nathan Walker, BB Stats on Twitter, pretty good follow. He's really, really, really nerdy, high-level stats. Uh, he has luck-adjusted defense, and the Mavs' luck-adjusted defensive rating is sixth best in the NBA. So they're really, really good defensively. Uh, they force tough shots, and they usually get the rebounds on those tough shots. They are doing a better job of forcing turnovers uh, the last month has showed me that the job of the offense is basically to protect the defense. Just don't yeah. turn it over. Don't miss shots at the rim and crash the board and get beat in transition. Just if you can end if if you can end the possession with the floor spaced beneficially to you, and you're not turning it over, then yeah. that's good. Just like even if you miss a shot, as long as three people aren't in the lane when you miss the shot, that's a win. Yeah, because you're gonna get a stop on the other end. Yeah, we we, we t- I talked a lot about um, the beginning, or I guess the end of uh, November, beginning of December, when you were about to play six games against teams that were ahead of you in the standings, um, in the Western standings, and Rockets, Lakers, Clippers, Blazers, Pelicans, Rockets again. You went four and two. Yeah, that's pretty dang good against that group we were thinking two and four is awesome yeah we were like oh, if we can survive this and your loss one of the losses tail end of a back-to-back in new orleans uh where they just ran it and out physical you with julius randall mm. just a matchup i don't i don't know if we'll ever have a solution for that was tough what that team can do and then the lakers yep. game um which i don't know what our deal is when we see the gold and purple jerseys I don't know. I have no explanation for how poorly they can play. There was a whole lot of run-out layups in that game. Yeah. Way – I mean, there was, like, seriously probably 20 mm-hmm. layups in transition in that yeah. game. Yeah, and overall, I don't know what – I don't know why – and this is probably more eyeball test. I don't know why DeAndre, road DeAndre looks so different than home DeAndre. And the numbers might end up being the same. There might be 12 and 12 on both, but I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, he's a different dude on the road. Mm. Um, the turnovers happen a lot more. The ball just does not get caught uh, whenever it's coming into him, and it go, starts going the other way. Um, but going four and two in that stretch that we were talking about of six games against teams that are above you—that's pretty awesome. That's pre- you needed a, you needed a month like this, like just for the overall culture of the team, the confidence, the okay. Here's my idea. Here's my hypothesis of what this team should be. Let's put it out there, see how it goes. Okay, we've built something pretty good. A couple tweaks here, everybody's healthy. Then you got a, you know, you got a team that's going to challenge for the eighth seed. 
Um, and I still think that's my expectation right now. I mean, I said it beginning of the year, 42 wins. That's my expectation. Um, and I'm, it's taken a, taken a real winding road yeah. to get everybody else to where my number Unfortunately, there's four of those games that you've lost. You're thinking yeah. there's just no way that we lose those games. Right, you know? yeah. Yeah, it's kind of been the flip, right? We've yeah. lost games that we were like, okay, this should be a layup. Yeah, but you also shouldn't be 3-0 and against Houston and Golden State yeah, either. Yeah, exactly. 4-0 if you include Boston. Yes. So, yeah, if, <laughs> conference finals teams from last year. Yeah. If you just put them all in there. Uh, yeah. And the thing is, like, how different would you feel? Like, seriously, how different would you feel about this team right now if they had beaten Phoenix, Phoenix, Atlanta, New York? Yeah. But they had lost to Golden State, Houston, Houston, and uh, right. Boston. You, would, you, right. would you be sad right now? Or win, would you be, you'd be fired up. That's what I think uh, Matt Moore calls win profile. Yeah. Like, can you punch up? Yeah. You know? Can you? Like, Denver's doing a lot of that right now. Yeah, uh, and the Bucks are doing a lot of that right now, and it's not even like overall record. It's can you punch up? Mm. Can a team that is on paper better than you can you go in there and kick their ass on a certain night? And we've shown it. Yeah, like, and I, that makes the losses to yeah. Phoenix way more frustrating. But yes. at the same time, like a win is a win and a loss is a loss. So it's kind of one of those things where, like, yeah, I'm mad that they've lost twice to the Suns. Yeah. I'm I'm like hashtag mad with a capital M. But right, if they had beaten Phoenix and you lose to Boston, then your record is the same. Dude, if you if you beat Phoenix twice, but you lose to Houston twice, I feel different about their potential. Yeah. Entirely You're probably like, different. there's a hard ceiling. We're, we yes. can beat the bad teams. We can't beat the good teams. Yes. But now that they've beaten the good teams, you think, all right, well, why can't we beat the bad? So then it's yeah. just kind of, but hey, that's part of, you got a teenager that's running the show, yeah. <laughs> you know? You got two guys with a combined, um, what, Dennis has probably played like 15 games. So he's probably around 90-something games. And then Luke is at 20, maybe. Luke is at 20. Yeah, two guys that are your identity because your identity of your team is shot creation and effectiveness on offense. 110 games combined in the league. Yeah. And they're responsible for not only themselves but also feeding a whole lot yeah. of veterans. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's you know it's tough. Consistency is the hardest thing to develop in the NBA. Oh, for sure. Can you be as good as you can be every single night? That's part of what made Dirk's career so extraordinary is that he's right. basically scoring between 22 and 26 points a game every single year for like 13 years in a row no matter who he was playing against no matter where they were playing. Yeah. And uh that's what made him one of the best offensive players of all time. Yeah, and his 6 minutes last night were kind of weird. Kind of, uh, you know, he's out there with Brunson, who's mm. literally never played a game with before. Yep. Um, but that that stretch did not lose them the game. No, it didn't. By any, and that's why it's like it's it's weird seeing like the replies to Dallas Mavs on Twitter and Instagram, yeah. like saying like they shouldn't have played Dirk, it ruined the thing. It's like, what? Well, shut up. Yeah, you're a dumb. Shut up, nerd. You're a dummy. You know, like they're. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. Yeah. Don't get mad that Dirk played you, freaking loser. <laughs> <laughs> His that shot he made. Like obviously the speed of the game is a so little, cool. a little yeah. weird for him right yeah, now. Yeah, he was, he was and he's admitted that he's like the speed of the game. Like he hasn't played full speed for eight months at forty forty one. Right, his first game yeah. back, he has to <coughs> go up against Rashawn Holmes, yeah, the, the dude that like plays harder than anybody else ever. Yeah, he's a maniac. Yeah, and then he <laughs> that first shot, I was so worried because it it was going so far wide right. <laughs> I was like, oh, he meant to make it in. I hope. Uh, either way, it went in. But yeah, that that the beginning of that play, I was like, "There's an obvious pass you need to make right now. It's right in front of you to Harrison Barnes," and he's just kind of like feeling it out. And I'm like, 
okay, this is Dirk again. You knew he was taking that yeah. shot. There's no yeah. way. That was awesome. And just going through, I went and looked up a bunch of the old photos uh, last night because all of our quarter breaks were Dirk photos, baby Dirk, uh, and just realizing how much I love that guy and how big a deal that was last night for him to come back. Uh, and, you know, people debate, should he be playing? Should he play his 21st season? You know, how does he get used? How's he in the role? Like, does this cost Maxi minutes? Number one, Maxi's knees still bothering him, so any rest I can get from Maxi right now, let's yeah, try Yeah, he's been listed as questionable on the injury yeah. report for like three weeks. Yeah, and he's I, in locker room conversations. He's told me that's still bothering him. That's mm. still a thing he was dealing with every day. Um, and so, uh, but back to the Dirk thing, like, he's so spectacular and such a part of our lives that whatever he wants to do, I'm going to let him do it. If he wants to try and come back from the ankle surgery and play his 21st season, even if he has a setback, even if, you know, whatever he wants to do, just let him do it. He's earned it. Mm. Hey, he's the best. Yeah. And look. This is pr- this could be the Mavs have played what twenty seven games. Mm-hmm. This could be the last fifty games of Dirk that we ever see. Right. So, like, if if that bank shot didn't make you feel the happiest that you've been in your whole life, then dude, when I saw him get up and check in, I was like, wow. Because I mean, he's played twenty one. The whole seasons. bench stood up and started. I was I was yeah. looking watching on oh, TV. Oh, they all and freaked I, out. I heard everyone just go yeah. start clapping. I'm like, what the heck? Well, is when he going made on? that shot, everyone yeah. went nuts. Yeah, dude, he's played twenty one seasons, so he's been a part of my life since I was eleven. And that's honestly that was like the year when I was ten. That was like this is because the Cowboys had stopped winning Super Bowls at that point, um, and it was getting kind of sad. It was like Michael Irvin carted off in Philly, and Troy yeah. Aikman was like, Troy, I don't want you to play anymore, buddy. And so it was it, it was Mavs. It was Mavs camp. It was who's this guy they traded for and why they get this Canadian point guard and, you know, Finley, let Finley lead the team. God, what are y'all doing? Um, and so that was – that's my – that's he's such a big part of my life. How much time I've spent watching and talking and, you know, admiring the man himself. It's like it just brought it all back real quick. Yeah, absolutely. It was just awesome. It was awesome. And he'll he'll get better. He'll get a little more whatever so, yeah, into the rhythm of we things. We owe it to him to do this little project of six minutes first night, only playing first half, eight minutes the next one, ten, and then build up. It is a weird little, you know, project player we're having to put together, but it's the seventh leading scorer of all time that yeah. we're having to let do it. He so. has given everybody a lot of good memories so yeah. forgive the dude if he's not looking like lebron his first game back right um you want to talk about the next month or so uh yeah so it's or about at to least get, till the new year it's about to get real real so for the mavs yeah. remaining games they have the number one most difficult hey. strength of schedule remaining in the association and ah, that's going to change that's going to change every single day basically can we trade that yeah can we can we trade it for Please. an eastern conference schedule so here's my uh re-rack it here's my Monthly reminder that I hate the East. <laughs> um, of the top 16 strength of schedules remaining in the NBA, 14 of them belong oh to Western Conference teams. God. 14 of them. More, like almost half of the entire league in terms of strength of schedule, the top of it, almost half of it is one conference. Yikes. I mean, that's embarrassing, dude. Yeah. That's embarrassing. We need to do something about this. It's truly. I, I don't care. If the Eastern Conference isn't 
the quality of the West, like 5 through 10, 5 through 12, you just don't let those damn teams in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't care if they're – if you could – if next year you look at the Eastern Conference and you go, yeah, 5 through 12 isn't as good as, you know, uh, the 13th best team in the West. I don't care. That's fine. Just judging somebody by conference is – it's uh, – doesn't really hold any consequence to me you just don't let those damn teams play for the championship yeah <laughs> especially because they get to play i mean dude you look up and down and obviously every team in the east is good and a lot of these teams have beaten the mavs or will this year maybe but like chicago atlanta cleveland new york brooklyn washington miami orlando are all under 500 the pistons are at 500 the hornets are a game above that's 10 teams in the east that the mavs are Definitely better than. Yeah. And if the Mavs got to play those 10 teams and combined 40 times, they would probably win 30 of those games. Well, we're like looking at the Rockets asking if they can make the playoffs. Yeah. Right now. And the Jazz, too, dude. Jazz. Pelicans, (laughs) almost the same. The Blazers, Spurs, Pelicans, Jazz, Rockets, and Wolves are all out of the playoffs right now. They would all win, like, at least 45 games with an East schedule. The Jazz and the Rockets would be top three seats in the East. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. Just throw them in there with that schedule with probably less travel for Utah in particular. Mm. And they're a top three seed in the Eastern Conference. No doubt in my stinking mind. But yep. anyway, not to harp on that. It's tough. What, yeah, what so are we anyway, doing the next that's, month? So that's the the reason that uh, – that was kind of a non-sequitur, but the, the Mavs have 55 games left, toughest stre- uh, strength of schedule in the league. This upcoming month is going to be very difficult. Wouldn't have it uh, any other way. Yeah, you got Sacto at home on Sunday, who surprisingly has the same record as the Mavs. And then you go west, uh, young blood, for the holidays. You're playing at Denver. You're playing at, uh, I forget the order, at Denver, at Golden State, at Portland, and then you got a game against the Clippers in there too. That's on December 20th. We'll be doing a podcast at Christie's Sports Bar on 8th. Nuggets on the 18th, uh, Clippers 20th, Golden State, so San Francisco slash Oakland on the 22nd. And then back to back Boy, at Portland. I wish 23rd. that we could flip those. Play Portland first. Yeah. That's the more winnable game, in my opinion. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's gonna be tough, man. That's really tough. And then <laughs> to, it, you don't get a break. Yeah, you get to come home. You get to play the Pelicans twice in a row. Then you get to play the Thunder twice in a row. The Thunder really probably weird. the best team in the West right now. Really weird scheduling. Yeah. So uh, that's <laughs> tough. And then you <laughs> open up. You get a you get a nice respite with Hornets on the second, who aren't a bad team. Like they're fine. No, they're really good at home. You get to go at. Boston at Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's brutal. But, this I mean, is going to define your season. Yeah, absolutely. We've said it. This, between now and the end of January, because basically, like, so on the other side of that game where you go to Philly, you have to play the Lakers, and then you play your nemesis in Phoenix. You have games against, before the end of the month, you have games against the Warriors, Spurs, Pacers, Bucks, another one against the Clippers. You play the Raptors again. That's just before the end of January. So between now and January 27th, I think, is a 21-game stretch, and that is really your season. I'm just looking at the next 12, honestly. Yeah, the next so 12 Kings, is tough. Kings, Nuggets, Clippers, Warriors, Blazers, Pelicans, Pelicans, Thunder, Thunder, Hornets, Celtics, 76ers. If you go 5-7 and seven against that bunch, you're like, winning the championship. That's a good run. Yeah, that's an, that is an extremely tough stretch of schedule because not only is it a mostly road-heavy – uh-huh. It's traveling during the holidays, which is always weird. Yeah, it is playing. Uh, it's back to back. Going to the yeah. west, 
playing a back-to-back, and then you come home for like a day, and then you go to the East Coast, you play a back-to-back then. Luckily, there's only two back-to-backs in there. Yeah, but the back-to-backs are... Yeah, they're the toughest teams. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, winning at Portland is impossible, whether or not you played the night before. Um, It's tough. It's tough, man. And So you'll know the the exact direction of this team in 12 games. Yeah. I I mean, it's going to be... Yeah. And then the 10 on the other side of that, you play Toronto twice, you play Milwaukee. And the Warriors again. So... Through let's say twenty games, if you go five and fifteen, that might look like, it might yeah. look bad. Yeah, and that would be bad because it would put you way under five hundred. But that is, you're knocking out so many of those tough games remaining. Yeah. Like by the end of January, you'll be done with Golden State. You'll be done with Toronto. You'll only have a home game left against Milwaukee. You will never play the Lakers again. Like you're knocking out all of the tough games in the next month. Yeah. And so if you can steal a few of them, that's great. Yeah. I mean, that's why I think it's obviously super important to win Sunday uh, against the Kings. Home game, you are one of the best home teams in the league. There's no way around it. Get that. you got to win that. Nuggets, hope that they're still in flux yeah, with they, Paul Millsap. Missing Gary Harris, missing Paul Millsap. With, with Millsap, like – Missing Will Barton, who's a yeah, Mavs killer. Yeah. Millsap's the one, though, that I'm like – Okay, if I'm looking for a Julius Randle prototype that's going to play next to a center but still, you know, cause us just fits, uh, Millsap's that dude. He's Julius Randle. He's plug-in whatever four is going to bludgeon us to death. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if the Kings have one besides Bagley, but um, – And the Kings, Clippers, De'Aaron think, Fox is going to be an issue. Yeah, it's going to be a real problem, man. The speed that they play out is just – I might duck Fox. I might <laughs> skip the game on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the Clippers, I think we got – we got a good formula of how to beat the Clippers. Yeah, that's kind of a that's a that's a game the Mavs could win. And I'm I'm whatever. That sounds dumb to say that's a game the Mavs could win, but like the Clippers at home do not present the same type of like how do we stop this? Yeah. It's teams like the Lakers and the Pelicans who uh-huh. just who do, will just bludgeon you very quickly. Yeah. The Clippers are more like methodical. They got Lou Williams obviously who can just terrorize you off the bench but Uh at least to begin the game it's not going to be like you're not going to be digging yourself out of a 15 point hole right and then at golden state i'm sorry pal that's uh that's a toughie and then (laughs) at portland on a back-to-back yeah real tough one there bud that's a really tough uh pelicans they just have a they have our number i don't yeah. It's just roster. The Mavs do play the Pelicans well at home, and that is the day after Christmas, so there could just be some huh. weird sort of like Pelicans hangover that we, day. We play the Thunder well here. Do the Pelicans play on Christmas? Uh, Good question. I don't know. Because if that's a back-to-back, then Christmas Day that's NBA a dub, schedule. bro. Uh, they do not play on Christmas. Ah, crap. But jerks. So I'm that 12-game stretch, I'm legitimately thinking, I'm talking myself into five games. Like you're oh man, I mean okay. So let's let's do the the thing. Follow us says is done. <laughs> if you can beat Sacramento, yeah. If you one. Can, if you can, Clippers. If you can go one and three on that trip, that's two. Yeah. If you can win Pelicans against home. New Orleans and OKC at home, and then beat Charlotte, that's five. Yeah. Pelicans. Okay, that's five. That's the five. Yeah, and really like splitting a home and home is that's nothing. Whether crazy. you win yeah. there or here, yeah. that's. Whatever the it'll Mavs. probably all work complete opposite. We'll probably yeah. we'll probably beat Portland and Golden State and Denver and lose to. Yeah. <laughs> Mavs are about to go seven and five. Yeah, yeah. Well, just go five and seven with complete. Oh flip yeah, games. yeah. I mean, if you 
five and seven is great. And I mean, the good thing is like Sacramento, New Orleans, OKC are winnable because they're at home, and the Mavs turn into the the sixteen yeah. Warriors at home. They just win everything. Yeah. Um, I just I just don't want to be more than a game or two under five hundred after this run. Yeah, you, you know gotta I mean? just you gotta kind of find a way to. These yeah. are tough games, man. These yeah. are really these and are really really tough. And it games. It sucks that we don't have road answers right now. You know what I mean? And I think this might be the perfect time because you're about to go through it to test one. The uh, whatever the initial road Denver at Denver. Yeah, Denver try and some, L.A. Try Th- something out. Those are truly, and I'm I'm not trying to like scare tactic or anything, but at Denver and at L.A. are probably the two most winnable road games they have left until January. <laughs> End of January. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. It's going to be very difficult. It's going to be tough to beat Charlotte, dude. Yeah. You're, I mean, it's going to be – that. it's tough. They got two four-game road trips in the next three weeks. Two four-game road trips. I mean, that is hard. I, it, yeah. You could play the Suns four times in a row, and I know for the Mavs right. that means four losses, yeah. but the, the average NBA team could play the Suns four times in a row, and you're going to lose a lot of them because it's yeah. hard to be away from home for 10 days. Yeah. And I know because I'm going to be on one of those trips, and it's <laughs> going to be tough. <laughs> yeah. So what they got to do, I'll give you a couple things. Number one, you have to have everybody everybody playing. You have to. Get well soon, JJ. And just carry him off the court. Yeah. Don't just let him run off the court Don't let anymore. him ever run off the court again. Cause that's, how he got, that's how he hurt his ankle, yeah. running off the court. Uh, everybody has to play. And everybody has to be at least, you know, 80%, maxi included. Um, you got to get Dirk somewhat comfortable. And if that just means he's only playing with Powell and Berea, so be it. Mm-hmm. Number three, you got to figure out what you're doing with Luka on road games and on back-to-backs because you can have one young player that's having an overall neutral or negative effect on the game. Two of them, you just get sunk. Um, and that's that's machine's three keys to success, and uh, <laughs> and play some play some games on the road, play some mind games on the road. Sit sit uh, DeAndre one of them, just see what happens. You know, they got a last night felt like a solid game to me. Oh yeah, okay. You know, okay. And sometimes you just gotta. You just got to do game. it. Yeah, just just do it, you yeah. know. Just do it. But, yeah. You got to kick him in the shin every once in a while. Yeah. Health and availability is number one to me because yeah. if I, – I mean, this is stupid to say, but if J.J. plays last night, I'm not sure they lose. I'm not sure either. I don't think Powell starts playing so weird. Yeah, I mean, without J.J., Powell becomes a three-point shooter. Yeah. And that's just – hasn't been good this year. It, I, I, would, I would seriously think if Powell's on the floor and J.J.'s not, his three-point rate is super high yeah. because he just doesn't have the – you don't have that sort of uh, drivability, yeah. right? So that, to me, is number one. Get J.J. healthy. Wrap him in bubble wrap. Put him out there. Let's, let's, let's see it happen. Let's yeah. make it happen. Let's keep moving forward. Keep moving um, forward. Your other points were – I'm sorry. They were uh, – Maybe play some mind games on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sit the, people. The one right before that. Uh, young guys, you got to figure out how to get the most out of them. Yeah, that's the the at Denver. I don't think is going to be tough for them to sort of ease into themselves, just because without Harris, that's one less pestering defender. Yeah, and then Millsap is a freak around the rim, so I think that could be kind of a, Dennis had some great games against Denver last year. Yeah. so that that could be a game where Dennis just runs ragged all over those guys in transition. Um, 
Maybe let Barnes guard the three every once in a while. If like if I was thinking about winning to that matchup, if Millsap was playing, I don't want Barnes. Yeah, but Millsap. Well, who really. do they? So they got Wancho. Yeah, and they got who's starting at four? Is Wancho starting at four? Are they going small? I think he probably has to, right? Uh, let me. He was playing so well. Let me see. We we really should do some research on these teams. Well, oh, that game is a few games away. Yeah, it's not. Sacramento. We're only we're taking this one game at a time. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you really have to. So Denver did just beat Memphis at home, which makes me feel good because I like when Memphis loses. Yeah. Um, they're starting Mason Plumley at four, Jokic at five. They're starting Wancho and Tory Craig with Jamal Murray. I mean, they're decimated by injuries right now. Yeah. You you kind of. You need that to win way. that game, yeah. really. That's like a – and I don't know what Harris's timetable is. He might be back, but I think he's going to be out for a little bit. Millsap yeah. is like indefinitely – It was like a week or two for Millsap Harris. broke a toe or something. Yeah, yeah so he's out, he's out for a minute. So that's a game that you win. You win that yeah. game. Yeah. You win that game. You yeah. got to win that game. Yeah, I agree. You got to beat Sacramento. What's your keys to Sacramento? People are going to be listening to this today and tomorrow. Uh, well, I think uh, keeping Deer and Fox out of your net to use a hockey terminology. Yeah. Uh, build build a wall in transition. Is you really have to. Is. You can't, um, you, if you turn it over more than 15 times, you're going to lose. Yeah. And there, I mean, obviously, Buddy Heald can get hot from three, and they're a high pace team. Um, so that's – my scouting report would be, okay, just don't even let De'Aaron Fox touch the ball if it's optional. Like, if he brings it up, that's fine. But once she gets in a half-court set, I'm, like, ball denial on him. And Brunson did some of that last night, which was really good. Um, I can't remember who he's guarding for stretches. But uh, he just wouldn't let them get into their play. And I was like, that's pretty smart. That's pretty damn smart. Because he knows this play starts with, okay, you run off a screen and you get to the top and you get the ball, and play's going. And he just wouldn't let him do it at certain times. Whenever they were actually playing well, they almost got back into it, mm-hmm. uh, into the third, beginning of fourth or whatever. Um so I don't know if it's a Brunson thing. I don't know if that's a – Dennis did that a little bit too. I mean, he can yeah. do that. He's capable of doing that. That's something that whenever you actually have teeth defensively that you can pull off. Like I feel like the Jazz – I remember someone on a podcast telling a story about the Jazz. Um can't remember who they were playing. But they realized this team always starts their possession with an entry pass to the elbow to their power forward. And then all 70% of their plays start like that. And instead of just letting the guy catch and then defending the actual – action that's happening they just wouldn't let the guy catch Mm. on the elbow Quinn Snyder was like nah that ain't happening figure out a different way to get this play started geniuses (laughs) and so that's number one is like just ball deny De'Aaron Fox as much as you can I want his touch time to be so little yeah I want it to be uh is it Boyan or Bogdan uh it's Bogdan Bogdan I want it to be Bogdan, I want it to be Buddy Heald. Dude, he Bogdanovich can score. He can score. Yeah. You cannot turn the ball over in live situations. Yeah. You cannot they run have out. you cannot throw passes off anybody's knee to the other guy. Yeah. You cannot uh drive the lane and throw jump passes backwards. Yeah. You all of the mistakes that they made and those are their mistakes. All of the mistakes that they made against Phoenix, you cannot do against Sacramento because they will score hundred and fifty on you yeah. real quick. I feel like it's a Barnes game too. So I don't feel like Bagley could Bagley or Heald or Bogdan, whoever you want to roll out there, I feel like that's a plus plus advantage. Yeah, they're, they're not gonna. They don't have a defender that can stop Barnes. No, Collie Stein is gonna cause yeah. some issues. I think in He'll the pick half and court. roll pretty hard. Yeah, um, Aiton gave DeAndre some problems on like short rolls where he was able to kind of spin they around him a couple times. Aiton pretty well. They did. Yeah, DeAndre defended him well one on one, and that's kind of by Phoenix's design where they just 
don't feature him. I don't know if they don't want to put that much pressure on him. He got a lot of shots. Got a lot of shots, but also, like, if DeAndre's on him, I'm kind of, like, ISOing. Well, I, Aiton doesn't have a lot of post moves. He travels a lot. I mean, yeah. he, he he doesn't have a lot of things developed yet. Yeah. He's got that face-up jump shot, but where he really beat DeAndre is just in space. He's really good on that face-up yeah, jump and, shot. And Kali Stein can do a little of that, too. He can uh, shoot now? Well, he, I, I, he likes to think that he can shoot. Okay. He, he's just dynamic in that's space. That's what matters, so he, yeah. he can get around guys. He, can, he beats guys up the floor, and that's another thing, too. You know, uh, there's that video of DeAndre not getting back on defense against Phoenix. Some of that is just, like, big men don't do that very often. Yeah. So uh, if DeAndre goes for the offensive rebound and doesn't get it, he's going to have to get back with Colley Stein, or uh-huh. someone is going to have to, like, tag him at half court, slow him down, because these Sacramento will beat you in a foot race. Like, almost 22% of their possessions are come in transition this year. Yeah. And the Mavs get burned in transition a lot. Oh, when they're they starting Bielitsa. Wow. He, uh, wow, okay. Yeah, Bealese is not guarding Bealese is not guarding Barnes. Yeah, that's a that's a plus plus matchup. Yeah. I'm circling that one and going if Barnes has the ball by himself on one side of the court, get away. Yeah. Well and Bogdanovich and Heald can't guard Luca either. And yeah. now it's gonna be tough because uh, someone's gonna have to guard Heald and Heald yeah. runs off screens and, and he's the kind of player that has big Wes. games against the Mavs. That's a Wes. Yeah. I Wes They're starting it, Shumpert too. What the H are they doing? So Shumpert on Luca? Man, that's weird. The Mavs need to the Mavs need to win that game too. Let's yeah. make it. What, would that be twelve in a row at home or eleven? 12. twelve in a row at home. And now looking at their depth chart, I'm like, okay, our bench can kick the crap out of them. If JJ's healthy, our bench will beat the piss out of that bench. Yeah, no, but like you're Fox out. plays a ton of minutes though. He does so play a lot. I don't want JJ out there they're, against they're, Fox. <laughs> they're kind of cheating it because they're starting Shumpert instead of Bogdanovich. They're starting Bielitsa instead of Bagley. So they're trying to let uh, this mix of Frank Mason, Bogdan, and Bagley and Kufis be their second unit. And that's cheating it, and it creates matchups that you can raise hell in. So find that matchup that they're trying to cheat, exploit it, and then whenever they do sub in their bench, when Frank Mason's running around there, or uh, Kufos, go right at them. Like, you should be able to plus 10 our bench. Yeah, well, Kufis does have big games against the Mavs sometimes. Yeah, he does. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do against Bagley. Yeah. Um, because he's – I think I want uh, Maxi on Bagley, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Because Powell if, – if, if, if you get Powell in the pick and roll, then get Bagley can spring him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just going to put Powell in a tough position. So Maxi, but then on the other hand, maybe you do put Powell in Bagley, and then you have Maxi just kind of help down and, and yeah. try and swat Bagley's stuff. But it's going to be tough. It's going to be a really tough game. Sacramento gonna is be fun. surprisingly That's gonna be awesome good. Yeah. That's going to be a really fun game. Yeah, it's going to be a good way to spend a Sunday night. Yeah, it's low-key going to be an awesome game. Like, I don't know if people listening realize the Kings are this good and got their tickets early and all that, but this is yeah. – I'm looking forward to this one because these, these teams are kind of in the same place. Honestly, yep. like, uh, you know, they don't have the superstar future James Harden MVP type hype that Luka has on their team. That's the only thing they're short of. They're very similar to us right now. Um, and they're overachieving. They're 15-2. and two. No one thought they'd be there. We got the same exact record. So there's going to be a whole lot of points scored in that game. Yeah. Too. I mean, Sacramento routinely scores 120 and the Mavs at home. Score a lot. On the road, yeah. different story. But at home, they cannot be stopped. Uh, if you want a little taste of Kings basketball, tonight they're playing the Warriors. Ooh. So that is another game. But they just uh, last game they scored 141 on Minnesota. 
Damn. If that gives you an idea Minnesota's of what they're capable really of. Minnesota's been really good defense, too. Yeah. And, uh, Sacramento. Now, Minnesota scored 130. So, yeah. the Mavs are going to have to make shots. Don't Drawing go that, five for 33 again on threes. Drawing that out of the Tim- Timberwolves is difficult. But, yeah, uh, yeah, that's they've been playing really, really good defense. Um, yeah, and hopefully Dennis kind of takes it as a pride game and Luka kind of takes it as a pride game. Yeah. Fox yeah. is picked ahead of Dennis. Absolutely. Bagley was picked ahead of Luka. Mm-hmm. Go out there and, you know what, as uh, Marshawn Lynch said, run through a blank, blank face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, you just especially well, after because I just missed that trash game after the game last <laughs> night. They'll be off today. They're going to probably practice tomorrow. You, they are practicing you've tomorrow. Got yeah. to just you got to be mad. You got to play mad. Hit first. Don't let them run all over you because they can run. They can ring up points real quick, and it, it would be uh, it would be bad to lose that game. Well, I wish you nothing but best. Yeah, this was kind of this is a really long forward. podcast. I, I wrote nothing that. down for yeah. this, and we went an hour and a half. We just kind of so. commiserated. I mean, I guess yeah. it's sort of a therapy. It session. It is a therapy. Just session. like I, my kind of my last plea to you, and also sports session. Mostly, yeah, we're just guys. <laughs> um, my plea, if you're listening, if you're still listening, is just like I'm not going to help measure you move. your measure your expectations. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we were talking before earlier. If you watch think blank check. If yeah, watch blank check. <laughs> if you think that because they they went thirteen and two at home so far that they're going to win sixty games, then you're going to be disappointed constantly. Yeah. Um, this team is going to be. Skin said something interesting earlier this year. He said like you you almost have to judge this thing like week by week. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because these are so many young guys that are that have high usage. And there's going to be some variance. There's going to be some good days. There's going to be some bad days. There's going to be some good quarters. There's going to be some bad quarters. So just kind of measure your expectations. Realize this is a long project. Um, right. We're, we're ahead of schedule. Yeah. The, the Mavs are ahead of schedule. They're, they're cheating, basically. Yeah. They're cheating right now. And they're, yeah. they're playing some incredible defense. They're masquerading as a you know, top five seed in the West. Yeah. They're, they're playing some incredible defense, and they're figuring it out on offense. If the defense stays good, good this good the offense is going to get a little better maybe they'll be able to punch up a little more like you were talking about if not then this might be a tough month but this is still it's a process yeah it's all a process and they do have one of the best win profiles thus thus far this season they do yeah it's been super fun i couldn't be more happy yeah i mean last month honestly based on two and seven i was thinking not 15 and 12 i was thinking like man eight and 19 would be awesome yep but uh we're gonna be digging through the trash looking for little gems of things to focus on but no man it's last month is i've seen all i need to see i'm convinced this is a good team and they're going the right they built the right kind of thing you know so yeah just keep the big picture in mind yeah basketball's fun all right we out yep